0: Welcome to Life Science Marketing Radio, the podcast where marketing leaders, inside and outside the sciences, share their creative ideas and practical approaches to increasing your marketing ROI. Here's your host, Chris Conner.
1: Hello, and thank you so much for joining me. I think you're really going to enjoy this episode. Joe Whitaker is going to share with us his secrets of developing a life science blog with a huge following. But the interesting thing about this is that he took this on. It's a personal project that he did for his own professional development. And so that was a surprising thing to me. He's going to talk about that a little bit. And speaking of professional development, I want to make sure you guys check out acp-ls.org, the Association of Commercial Professionals In Life Sciences is an organization for sales and marketing people in our industry to build their networks and for their own professional development. I think it's really worthwhile for you to check out. It's been a big help to me. Um, And when you get there, sign up for the newsletter so you don't miss any activity or event updates. Now let's jump right back into it. Joe Whitaker is a life science marketer at Horizon Discovery, but he's also the author of his own personal blog, PersonalizedGenes.com, for which he's grown an audience of over 13,000 people in the last year. So today, I'm going to shamelessly try to extract the secrets of his success, and you, dear listener, can sit back and take notes. Joe Whitaker, welcome to Life Science Marketing Radio. Thanks, Chris. Thanks for having me. Um, I'm especially looking forward to this one. I think this one's going to be a lot of fun. So... Tell us a little bit about your blog and what made you want to start a blog at all?
0: Yeah, good question. Um, so I think it's easiest to explain this if I, I give a little background um, to, to where I am today. Um, so I am a scientist first and foremost. I, I studied science uh, at university um, before I moved into marketing and studying at, at Cambridge. Um, so I thought, you know, having studied all the theoretical uh, marketing uh, mixed in with the science, what better way to actually uh, tune my skills than to act- actually create a blog myself? Um, I thought to myself, it's the, it's the 21st century. Uh, the online channel is perhaps uh, the number one channel for most companies these days. Um, so why not actually go and do it myself? Um, I think there's a statistic out there where 1% of internet users produce about 99% of the content. Um, and if you want to actually be out there in the market, um, marketing to the best of your ability, because I am a marketer, marketeer first and foremost, um, then you actually need to go out there and do it yourself.
1: That's yeah. That honestly, that's not the answer I was expecting. So, um, and that's a great point for because um, often in this podcast, I'm looking for things to help people with their skill set, beyond the, the tactics. And, you know, you bring up what, in retrospect, to me, looks obvious, but it is not to everyone to say, I want to get good at this. I'm going to do my own. So I love that. So do you exactly. want
0: to tell us – go ahead. Yeah, so um, everything I've learned in the, the textbooks, doing the marketing at, uh, at college, you know, it's, it's been great, absolutely. I wouldn't change it for the world. But actually going out there and doing it day in, day out, blogging, um, doing a weekly or monthly blog, you learn so much more. Um, I think there's another statistic out there where um, there's, a, there's a new channel that opens up to marketeers every week, whether it be Pinterest, Periscope, uh, whatever is this new channel. And so to actually be a g- good and effective marketeer, you probably need to be out there and um, in, in the industry. Nice.
1: So tell us, um, just so people get a context, what personalized jeans dot com is is all about kind of what you write about
0: absolutely so it's a it's a running commentary on the laboratory advances in precision medicine Um, so what that actually means is um i do a number of different posts uh, around personalized medicine or or what's commonly known as precision medicine these days Um, whether that's hints and tips articles review articles i do guest um, blogs as well um, anything and everything um, and some some blogs work some don't and from that i've learned um, and i've tuned it over the past year um, i think i'm just over fourteen thousand uh, followers and subscribers Um so it's grown at an exponential rate um, and it's just been an incredible journey it's been uh, very good
1: beautiful so um what i like about your blog uh, there are many things i like about your blog is that it's not all how to so you say it's a running commentary and you get reviews and guests as well as some hints so for example on the hint side you answer a question what is poisson which you know everybody took in math somewhere in the university and then most of us probably forget about exactly what it is and so it's nice of you to bring that back what which types of posts do you find most helpful
0: yeah, I guess that's what, the, the yeah, that's the million dollar question, isn't it? Uh, exactly, which post can drive the most traffic to your blog? And after all, that's um, what most marketeers want—is to drive traffic to the website, and they hope that the conversion of their website will subsequently um, translate them into a sale. Um, there's there's been a few blog posts which I thought were going to be quite bad, which have turned out fantastically, and vice versa. I thought I'd written a fantastic post, which actually didn't do very well at all. Um, and it very much, it very much depends. And I, I fine-tuned this over the year. Um, the comparison blog posts uh, they work fantastically if you're comparing one um, system to another or one platform to another, um, and your target audience has actually got that platform in their laboratory. Uh, of course, they'll pop onto your blog to have a look at it um, to see what they could have been doing uh, or they could have been using the grass is always greener. Um, and it's good to have a variety of different blog posts. Um, I, I have, a, um, an automated system, which uh, posts them on all the different social media platforms. And, uh, what wasn't working about six months ago, as a post suddenly get gains a lot of traction because, uh, a key influencer picks it up and they retweet it or like it and pass it on to their friends. Um, so it's quite hard to say exactly going back to your original question, you know, what a good post is. There's definitely key ingredients which need to be weaved into your, into your content, into your post. Um, But I think the best thing I would, best thing I'd say to um, your audience is really go out there and do it. And uh, it very much depends on your own specific audience.
1: Yes. So you said two things there that um, I found particularly helpful. First of all, and this has been my experience. You cannot predict which posts are going to be successful. So whether on my own blog or my podcast, sometimes I'm thinking I'm writing a kick-ass post and this is the one, this is the one. <laughs> and then it doesn't do nearly as well as you think. And then there are others that take off. And you so the, the lesson really is you just have to keep hammering away. I think maybe over time we're gonna we are going to discover the absolute formula for success or, or what's more likely or what topics are more likely to, to hit home. But really, it's the discipline of doing it day after day. And then, as you say, and we'll come back to this, promoting it over time. So I think um, many companies may not continue to promote their content over time so they create a blog post to put it out on social media for a little while and then move on to the next thing and as you say those topics were good they're still relevant and what ha- needs to happen is is a, an influencer to pick it up and make it spread and so you can never never write off a piece of content because it didn't ignite immediately
0: absolutely and i think it, it's an important point that um actually just writing good content um being a good copywriter isn't enough these days um the internet doubles uh, every 72 hours i believe in terms of you know all the youtube videos out there that you physically can't watch uh, as much as being uploaded um so actually you've got to push out your content to your audience through whatever channels you have available to yourself um so if you do write a good content piece um, and you know specific, a specific audience that will pick it up or you know it aligns to their specific aspirations or interests, you know, physically write them an email or send them a tweet, whatever whatever's available to you, um, because they won't see it with that base level uh, of noise of pretty much everyone's got a blog these days or everyone's got a website. Right.
1: That's That's excellent. So now we're kind of moving into we are talking about your audience i mean you're talking about specific people but um the audience is a big factor in the success of any blog and by that i mean uh, it's important for the authors of a blog to be really clear about exactly who that audience is so it has to be narrow and focused. so how did you define your audience for this
0: blog yeah good question um so it, it all goes back to a uh, basic marketing sort of your value proposition of your of your blog um, in terms of my blog it was almost the I flipped the logic because I already chose the channel eg the blog um, I had to kind of think of the audience or what specific topic would be of interest to uh, to my audience or who they were um, so I knew precision medicine was a massively growing trend if you you can there's lots of different Um, tools out there to actually look at what the big trends are um google google trends being one of them so i knew precision medicine was up on the increase Uh, then i decided to build my persona um, around the the idea of precision medicine that was the blog topic um looking at the channels available to me you know social media having zero pounds investment in the blog it has to be a free channel um so you, you can kind of work through the, the assumptions of the interests, the hobbies, um, the equipment um, people will have in the laboratory if they're interested in precision medicine, um, and they're on social media, so they're going to be under 40. Um, and so I slowly developed this this persona where actually there's one key piece of equipment which I knew would interest the majority of my, my audience, and that being... Next Generation Sequencing, which is such a big um, technology in the industry. Um, for those that are lucky enough to have them in the clinical laboratory, um, fantastic. And everyone's always wanting to learn more about it. Uh, and for those who perhaps haven't adopted this um, early technology, then they're, they're still aspiring to have one in the laboratory. So you'll notice quite a lot of my blog posts do focus around Next Generation, next generation Sequencing, um, and exactly what that means in precision medicine. And I think that's perhaps one of the key um, drivers of the success of the blog.
1: Nice. So um, so do you think your audience selection, and I guess maybe um, I'm rethinking my question here, and so you, you're very clear about who your audience is, so they're interested in precision medicine. And the one thing you said um, that stuck out for me in that one was the kind of equipment they would have in their lab. So of course, NGS for people in, interested in precision medicine. But I'm, I'm just thinking out loud here for any uh, scientific marketers to think about, even aside from their own products, what other equipment those people might have in their labs would be a really smart thing to think about for um, their own content marketing, uh, because you that gives you a wide range of things you could talk about that would be useful to an audience to attract them to you to tell them about your product without having to continually hammer on on your single message about your product. There are lots of problems you could help people solve if if you could write about those things.
0: Absolutely. So. Um, I think the the companies out there that are perhaps the reagents or biobanks are perhaps in the the best position for this because all of their um, technology is agnostic to these different platforms. They can talk um, all day long about all the different next generation sequencing platforms, the DNA extraction kits, um, the quantification kits, etc. And those are really the content pieces that would drive traffic to your blog uh, if you're in the clinical laboratory space.
1: Yeah, nice. All right, so you and I had a, a conversation a little while ago, and we talked about because it's your own blog, which is great, um, there are things that you can write on there that you certainly wouldn't put on a company blog. Um, so let's talk a little bit about that, and um, because there can be some controversy, but that's often what gets people engaged. Do you think there are other other challenges scientists face that can be a source of stimulating conversation among them that really, really gets them engaged the way you have. Because honestly, I think your blog is fairly exceptional among life science blogs, period.
0: Thanks for the kind comments. Um, Absolutely. I mean, regardless of what industry you're in, um, within the life sciences, we're we're quite privileged because – uh, all of our products that we market are probably quite exciting. Uh, I can't really think of any product that isn't exciting in the life sciences. Um, in terms of actually finding a, a hook or that thought leader positioning, um, you really, if if you're stuck for ideas, go to go to such tools as Google Trends or um, Buzz BuzzSumo or go on social media and do a bit of research Um, because the questions people are putting into Google, uh, putting into social media uh, those are the questions that are really top of your customers' minds and those are the questions that you want to be answering Um, and if you can answer those questions, whatever they may be um, you will be ranking higher on Google you'll be getting more traffic um, and you'll be answering one of the questions uh, through the buyer's journey and if you can answer all of the questions that they have um, and Point them towards your products, the better, because then they'll purchase it.
1: Nice. Yeah, BuzzSumo is is something I think is probably overlooked. I mean, I'm sure Google Trends is overlooked, um, but maybe it's a more familiar name to many people. But BuzzSumo kind of tracks what topics are very popular from a sharing point of view. So if you can find a topic on there that people are sharing other people's content about, and you can put a different angle on something, you know it's going to touch a lot of people.
0: Yeah, I see. I think there's a lot of good free tools out there, which uh, marketers may not be aware of. I um, haven't actually sort of delved into the blog and been there and done it. Um, there's there's so much free, uh, free tools on the internet. Maybe I'll send you uh, the list, and you can put it at the bottom of this uh, transcript chris um because they're actually very useful yeah
1: well of course i would love that um and we will certainly do that um what do you know about how people initially discover your blog personalized so
0: good question again um to begin with um i remember doing this about a year ago uh you know, I was happy if one person came on us a day. <laughs> <laughs> and that was purely through, through um, social media or, you know, directly contacting some person. Um, but slowly, it's it's almost like the flywheel effect. What's great about content and great about the website is um, a single post you write could get viewed by one person, but it could also get viewed by potentially up to you know 8 billion people in the world um, compared to actually having a physical conversation with someone. Um, You can't have 8 billion conversations because you'd die before you could have them all. Um, So you get this sort of flywheel effect going. You develop a bigger audience, perhaps through social media, through emails, or um, through offline activities. Um, And as soon as 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 you get more of these backlinks, um, because after all, SEO is 90% about backlinks, you start developing this organic traffic. Um, And as soon as you can start getting the organic traffic to your blog um then you're really in a very strong position to um start tweaking your seo um from a technical point of view um and actually reaching out to uh, all the people that are reaching to your blog i think this is a, a prime example of um of us reading each other's blogs uh, and thinking let's get in contact with each other um you'll promote my my blog to your to your audience and uh, i'll probably or i will promote your blog to uh, to my audience um, and slow, you, you start getting bigger and bigger. It is a slow, uh, slow uphill battle. Um, but if you're persistent, um, it definitely pays off.
1: Yes, and honestly, I mean that has been my experience with my blog and my podcast. Um, is that these connections that we make through this media? <laughs> it's how I met you. You reached out to me on social media, asked me something about your blog, and. And now we're having this conversation, which I think even companies probably underestimate the value of. I think it's it's huge. Um, but I want to go back to that last question. Do you know, um, and not just in how, how you grow your your blog through personalized medicine, but when people are making that initial contact, right? I guess you mentioned organic growth. So now you think people are finding you through search? or Yeah,
0: absolutely. Absolutely. So, um, I think most marketeers will know about Google Analytics. So, it's, it's fairly straightforward to see where your audience is coming from. Um, they've removed the capability of actually seeing what keywords they have put in. Uh, but there's a lot of really good, uh, again, free tools out there for from an SEO perspective. Um, Open Site Explorer, AHrefs, um, just off the top of my head. Mm-hmm. You can really use those and find um, what your website's ranking for. Um, And you can tweak it to to rank for specific keywords uh, of interest. Um, So, for example, with with my blog, um, it is quite a busy space, Uh, precision medicine, personalized medicine. um, There's a lot of big players out there, which I I could never compete with uh, in terms of keywords. So what you've really got to do then is um, look at what keywords you can compete for at the beginning Um, when you've got a low domain authority, you've got a low page authority. Um, so really, string out what's called a, a long-tailed keyword. So maybe four or five keywords in a row. Uh, it's going to be a fairly low search on Google to begin with. Um, but if you can rank for uh, a long-tailed keywords, um, then you can so slowly reduce the tail on the keyword up until um, if you rank for personalized web, uh, personalized medicine as number one, you'd really be getting you know, hundreds, <laughs> hundreds of thousands uh, of people each each day. Now that's fascinating.
1: So, there you have a strategy that starts with um, long tailed search, and I'm guessing uh, in the early stages, social promotion and other more active techniques before you get into the, um, I don't want to say easier search <laughs> engine optimization, but ranking for more common keywords, which now you're in a position to do and drive huge volumes of traffic. But to get that first bit of traction, so you were doing long-tailed search. What else were you, would you do in the early stages of your blog when you were hoping to get five or ten people to look at it a day?
0: Yeah, so there's, there's lots of um, easy, quick wins and uh, techniques you can use from an SEO perspective to get people to your blog, um, infographics being a key example. Um, If you do a nice infographic, a it goes down down well on social media, so it will get shared around, which will give you um, good PR links uh, to your blog as well. Um, Yeah. But if you actually develop it uh, in conjunction with an influencer, say you know you contact the influencer, um, you say I liked your publication, Uh, I'd like to do an infographic about it, Um, and then if they subsequently go on and share it on their .edu. page, which is extremely, which ranks extremely well on Google, and you get a backlink from there, then, then your page will do extremely well, because um, Google really uh, ranks it quite highly. And so yeah, there's, there's that technique. Um, there's also a technique, what's known as uh, the skyscraper technique. Um, so if you're looking to get a piece of content ranking quite high on Google, um, you put in the exact keyword that you want to rank for. Uh, and you go along and you have a look at what's available on page one of Google. Um, and so maybe you see a, a post which is the top nine tips for DNA extraction. Uh, and what you do is you take that content um, and you do the top 11 tips. And then you you find exactly um, who's been linking to those top nine uh, tips posts that you've uh, taken and you've improved, it, improved upon it. Uh, and you email them all saying, hey, you know, I've got a, a slightly better post. I mean, maybe not as blunt, but <laughs> – uh, and you get them to convert to, to your blog. And then consequently, you know, three months down the line, you, you'll see your post popping up above theirs, and uh, it's a great technique. I love it. It's um,
1: – yeah, it's it's a personal approach that I haven't necessarily seen. Um, which isn't to say that it doesn't happen but because it, it, I've been out of the corporate world for a while, but it, it's not something that people would typically think about Because, it, um, but I do think these are the way we have to think now. You have to think um, in to some regard as if this were your own blog. Even if you're doing a corporate blog, you'd have to say if this were the only way I was going to make a living, if this is the only way I'd get paid, who would I reach out to? to get my corporate blog to rank higher. Then you would really, you'd get creative about what it took to, to do that.
0: Yeah. I mean, if, if you look outside of um, the life science industry, um, I can't think of any companies that, that do this off the top of my head. Um, but outside the life science industry, this is what goes on. Um, perhaps sometimes the life science industry lags behind in some respects. Um because we do rely on our products to do the marketing for themselves. Uh, but, but this is what goes on day in, day out um, with all the big um, sort of news channels, their kind of websites. Exactly. You're a big person doing it.
1: So any other techniques I'm not thinking about something I missed?
0: Um, I mean, <laughs> it's, uh, uh, I'm sure so you got a lot. Um, I, I think when it, when it comes down to it, it's, it's a combination of good content um, and also a good strategy behind it. Uh, whenever I write a blog post, um, I call it the three S's and three P's. Um, so that's simple, short, and snappy. Um, no one likes uh, a big long article unless you know it's a good publication in the likes of Nature, you know, in which case you know write, as, write it as long as possible. Um, but people like this the simple uh, the simple content which is easily understood. Um, there's a good number of tools out there. It's called, um, the flesh reading ease. Yes. Um, Yes. You've heard of that. Yeah. So this is, um, a scale of how easy it is to understand your content. And what what I normally try to do, um, is aim the content slightly under, um, the average age of my buying persona, um, just so they can actually understand it. And it appeals to a wider audience. Um, then the three Ps. um, with blogs in particular, I believe the definition of a blog is a regular, regularly updated, uh, personal opinion. Um, so three P's, the first one personal, you know, use first, first person, and second person language. Um, it's not a corporate website, right? Uh, people actually like hearing about opinions every now and then. Um, and talk to your audience as if they're right there in front of you. Uh, the second P being points, um, So here again, it's building upon what I've talked earlier about the skyscraper technique, um, but really link lots of other different good resources into your blog. Um, So suddenly your blog becomes the central resource. So people come to your blog to actually learn about other people's companies. Uh, So you become this sort of thought leader um, and central resource. And then the third P being um, promotion. Uh, Some people might cringe at this one but it's very good to promote yourself whether it's through social proofing um you know, how many people are reading your blog um how successful you are um also promoting uh, all your other different blog posts um a it ranks quite well for google and uh, from an seo perspective if you've got a lot of intersite linking and it's good uh, customer uh, experience on the website but, but it also shows the wealth uh, the wealth and the breadth of uh, all the different content you have available
1: fantastic uh uh, i love that the three s's and the three p's and and i won't argue with any of those um what what are your plans i'm going to wrap this up i just want to know what your plans are for looking ahead to this year are you going to do anything different or you could share your goals with us? like do you want to double the size of your audience or what's where do you want to take this thing
0: yeah, um, so when I started the blog, I really wanted to uh, drive my own sort of personal development. I think as marketers, it's important to know all the current channels out there and all the current tools. Um, I think this is definitely reflected in sort of my day-to-day life. I've really translated it into um, a few really good marketing activities. Uh, in terms of the blog, um, I definitely want to expand it. As I said before, the sky's the limit. Uh, I'm not aiming to get 8 billion people to read it. Um <laughs> But 100% growth, absolutely. Yeah, I'd be looking for hopefully a lot more than that. But I'd also uh, – I've already got quite a, a good number of people queued up to do some guest blog posts, which is fantastic. Uh, a year ago, um, people wouldn't, wouldn't, wouldn't even give me a second chance to uh, ask them to write a blog post. But actually, people have been coming to me, which has been absolutely fantastic. So been have looked to sort of develop a community uh, and actually develop my blog into um, – to have a purpose uh, a true purpose in the precision medicine space i think that'd be fantastic
1: yeah well i think that that will certainly happen the way you're going um well i want to thank you joe whitaker very much for sh- being so generous to share all those brilliant tips with us um and the blog we're talking about is personalizedgenes.com and people can find you on twitter at diagnostics, Joe. Correct.
0: Yes, that's correct.
1: Um, anything anywhere else they should be looking to connect with you?
0: Um, that's the the only channels I have available at the moment. Okay. Uh, not yet on Pinterest.
1: Ah well, I, I think it's smart to keep them. You know, to keep them focused it makes it easy. And um, well, thank you again very much for this wonderful conversation and I, th- I think it's brilliant and uh just to recap i mean it it touched on things that i was not expecting so there's the aspect of how do you make your blog more successful and then there's the added bonus that i really love and that is how do you take on a career development project and get better at the thing you'd really like to be doing well on your own so you, and this could turn out to be yet another opportunity for you. So there are many, many reasons to to tr- try something like what you've done.
0: Great. Well, thanks a lot for your, your time, Chris. And uh, if I may say, if anyone does want to get in contact, um, my email address is diagnosticsjoe at gmail.com. Um, I'm more than happy to uh, point to anyone who's looking to uh, get into the blogosphere or any companies that are, are wanting to set up something.
1: Brilliant. Thank you. And thank you, listeners, very much for hanging out with us today. Hey, would you like to know 11 ways to squeeze more value out of a hosted Life Science webinar? Go to life com slash lsmr. Fill out the form. I'll send you a PDF, and then I'll send you some other tips as well to make your Life Science content marketing more efficient and effective. And I will talk to you again in a couple weeks. Bye-bye.